Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. That's right, 50. 50 years Edmonton owned and operated the Stoffer recommendation the Mediterranean chicken the Mediterranean chicken coming up in the next 26 minutes of the show uh, an interesting this day in uh, Oilers history yes indeed and an interview with Matthew Robertson, now the uh, New York Rangers organization, still with the Edmonton Oil Kings. And uh, I think we've got him on the line here. So we'll get going a lot. Matthew, oh, just a sec. Uh, let's go there. Let's go there. There we go. Matt, it's uh, Bob Stoffer. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. How about yourself? Good. Well, uh, when we talked to you last, you were gearing up for the Prince Albert Raiders. So uh, uh, a lot's happened uh, since then. Uh, obviously, the NHL draft, which took place uh, in Vancouver. Just first of all, uh, your thoughts on uh, on, on uh, the selection by the Rangers? Um, it was a pretty exciting moment uh, for me and my family. I mean, going to the draft, you, you never know what to expect. So I was just going there with open arms and... I mean, I was selected by the Rangers, so it was a pretty pretty cool experience. I mean, the first-class organization in an original six team. Uh, uh, you were sort of right between about 25th to 45th, so you had to wait a bit. Was it a little bit frustrating for you on the first day, or were you kind of pragmatic about the whole situation and, and you know, hey, just, hey, the situation was what it was? Oh, yeah, it was what it was. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. I just kind of went in there with open arms, but... I mean, I was a little bit nervous near the end, but once I got my name picked, it was, it was really evening and exciting. How did it go at uh, Rangers Development Camp? It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was my first time in New York, so I got to see the city and kind of jaw-dropping of 
busy and crazy it is, but yeah, it was really nice, and also the camp was really good, and we got to meet a lot of new faces. You know, uh, Matthew, I've done the color now for the Oilers for 11 years. Uh, we usually, and we're going to have it again this year, where we get uh, all three games against uh, the Devils, the Islanders, and the Rangers at the same time. So we're in New York City for six days. I've never actually gone out in New York City. I just stay in my hotel room the whole time because that's, you know, I, I don't want to get in any trouble there. I'm just kidding, obviously. It is a pretty spectacular place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really nice and just so busy, so many people. What did they, uh, did the Rangers organization take you guys anywhere uh, special during the time that you were at development camp? Uh, we just got a tour of Madison Square Garden downtown, which was pretty cool, and got to eat there as well, so yeah, it was pretty cool there. Matthew Robertson joining us. Uh, how did uh, did you end up doing any one-on-one drills against Capo Caco? Um, we did one-on-one drills. I didn't actually end up going against him, but he's a, he's a special player, and he'll be really good. You guys had a, a, a maybe a, a bit of a. It's interesting because. You played on the uh, Helenka Gretzky team. You scored seven goals, uh, you know, a, a year ago on a team that wasn't very good. And then you had seven goals this year, didn't play as many games, lost some games due to some injuries. But you guys had a quantum step forward as a, an organization. Can you speak to maybe how far you guys grew under the first year of the guidance of Brad Lauer as head coach? Yeah, I mean, we grew a lot. I mean, even coming in this year, I wasn't really sure what to expect. But, I mean, everyone came in with open arms and, we embraced everything that the management and coaching staff told us, and we bought into the system. And I think we just came really close as a team and bonded well with each other and built some chemistry. I think that was the biggest thing is everyone came close, and there was no individual links that were kind of missing. But yeah, yeah. we came together really good, and I think we went far. And I think a little disappointing how it ended, but I thought as a team we we came collectively and we had a good end. Yeah, we're joined by the Edmonton Oil Kings, Matthew Robertson. The Oil Kings losing round three to uh, eventual WHL champion Prince Albert. Bob Stoffer with you on orders now. So the uh, Canadian World Junior team, like you, you've represented Canada before in that Holinka Gretzky team. Uh, sometimes it's tough to make it as an 18-year-old defenseman, but you got to put your best game forward to get in the mix, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the next few months here and then the beginning of the season will be really big and I think we've got to take strides and just keep developing my game. Uh, you, good chance you might spend some time playing with Ethan Cap, and maybe McLeod will end up with McDonald, uh, who is uh, you know one of the twenty year old uh, on the team. But you're you're you know just taking a look at the depth you guys have on defense and and how much you guys grew. You also get Alexander back on the back end, and that'll be a big one for you because he's a pretty good puck mover. Uh, you guys have an opportunity to maybe even be better this year, don't you, on the back end? Yeah, I think we do. I mean, almost everyone on the back end is returning. We have a uh, a lot of good depth in the back end. I think that's one of our strengths even last year. And even this year, everyone just being a year older and more experienced, I think it'll be, it'll be definitely a strength for our team. Uh, we're joined by Matthew Robertson of the Edmonton Oil Kings. It's going to be tough because you uh, don't have Trey fix Uh you, you know, Lashievo was a good 20-year-old for you that could score a bit. Uh, the team did pick up Sachuk. Uh But any advice that you would have for Jake Neighbors, who's draft eligible this year, or uh, Dylan Gunther, who uh, is going to be on the team this season, was the number one pick in the WHL Bantam draft last year. Just a couple guys that maybe are going to have a, a little bit more attention just given where they've gone in the draft. Yeah, I think two guys that, I mean, definitely have a chance to go pretty high in the draft. And I think the next few years are pretty big for them. And I just there's some roles that will be open. I think they just got to embrace those roles for the team and take a step forward. And I think 
just enjoy the moment. I think everything just goes by so quick. It's pretty pretty overwhelming, but it goes by quick, and you just kind of enjoy it. All right, so what are the Rangers? So you, you go to their development camp, you wrap it up. Do they give you any advice moving forward? Like, are you, are you, do you stay skating the whole time? Do you take some time off? What's your, what's your sort of schedule like uh, ramping up for the start of uh, the WHL regular season, which starts a couple weeks before the start of the NHL season, usually in the third week of September in terms of the regular season action. But what sort of messaging did the Rangers give you after you left their D camp? Oh, just keep improving on skating and just off ice just get stronger. So it's it's pretty basic, but I think at the same time it's something every player needs to take strides in. I think just for the rest of the summer it's just skating and off ice workouts, building up to the the camp for the All Kings and then heading off to Traverse City, West New York. All right. So what? So give me uh, what's your schedule like during the during the day then? Like you do you do a, a session off the ice and then a session on the ice, or how does that work? Uh, usually I'll start the workout in the morning, and then I'll usually go to a session on ice. And some days, usually Tuesday or Thursday, I might go on ice in the morning and then work out, and then maybe on ice later. Wow. Good stuff. Well, best of luck, and thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. Okay, Matthew? Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. You bet. It's 141 in Edmonton. And uh, the Oil Kings in Calgary, the Hitmen are supposed to have a pretty good team. I mean, the Oil Kings have lost similar top scores, so that's going to hurt them. I mean, Trey Fix Wolanski, he'll be playing for Columbus's farm team this year. Uh, is that in Cleveland? Uh, anyhow, they had a. You know, he had a terrific year, 100-point season last year. They lost a couple 20-year-olds that were good scorers for them as well. However, they've uh, they've added one from the Tri-City Americans, kid named the last name Sachuk. Um and then they're they're going to need some guys to take a step forward. And uh, I, they will be good on defense. They'll have experience in goal, and they've got some interesting players to watch moving forward. I can't see Edmonton finishing lower than fourth or fifth in the Eastern Conference during the regular season. Don't know if they'll lead the way. Uh, in the Central Division, but they'll be in the hunt. I think that's a fair assessment. It is 142 in Edmonton. When we come back, we'll get to some more texts on our Heartland Ford text line, tell you a bit about what Reed Wilkins has coming up tonight on Inside Sports, and we'll... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline get to this day in Oilers history because it was memorable and not in a good way for the Oilers Hockey Club. This is Oilers Now. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. What's the date today, Brendan Escott? Do you have the date? The actual, like, what's the date? Seriously. The 8th? Is today the 8th? July 8th. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Are we sure this is the actual anniversary date of the draft? I had to triple check. Did you? And it is. It is? And I, I wonder if it's because this would have been the first year that the Ottawa Senators were a part of it, was it not? So I wonder if that pushed the process back a little bit. What about the lockout? 
that's what pushed it back oh, then. There you go. Right? Yeah. That's what pushed it back in 94, 95. On this day, 1995, what happened? The NHL draft held at Northlands Coliseum right here in Edmonton. The Ottawa Senators selecting American defenseman Brian Burrard first overall, while the Oilers took centerman Steve Kelly sixth overall. Now, some fans were booing that selection, voicing their desire for local product Shane Doan, who went one spot behind Kelly to Winnipeg. They weren't booing. They were don, 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 don. Like they were chanting it nonstop. And the Oilers took Steve Kelly. Is he a firefighter or a police officer now? Somebody can text me at 630-630. I know he's working in the services, which is a very important job. Shane Doan, on the other hand, had a 20-year NHL career. So, wow. And it was, it was... July 8th, 1995. <laughs> now that's making me check some... Oh, you know what it was? Let's see. That might be why. I thought a friend of mine got married in 95, but he actually was married in 96. That's why I had the dates confused. Uh, Jason from Sangudo, who certainly is one of our smarter texters to the show and often is very funny, and man, some days we need a little bit of levity. Bob, you better go out and party in New York City. The Beastie Boys fought uh, to give you those rights. You know, some might say, Brendan, we should wrap up the show today with a little bit of Beastie Boys, given the reference there from one Jason in Sangudo. That might be a good idea. Uh, yeah, the orders are there for six days. The team's there for six days, second week of the season. We did that a couple years ago, and um, we were, it was a little bit later on. It was as the World Series was being wrapped up, and the Chicago Cubs were on the precipice of winning. And Peter Shirelli's friend, Theo Epstein, I, I think that was, was that 2016? I'm thinking it was 16, 17. Because uh, Shirelli was friends with Theo Epstein, who obviously had left the Red Sox and gone to the Cubs at that stage. And Wayne Gretzky's son at one time was Chicago Cubs property. Bob, is there a New York trip this year with New West Travel? Uh, we'll be announcing those shortly. Bob, Steve Kelly is now a police officer in Calgary. Well, thank you very much. This text says, Bob, I'm so sick of Yessa Pugliarby trying to get his case out in the public. You want to get traded, then shut up. If not, you're going to uh, you're going to Europe because uh, Holland wants a value return, and I love it, out of Lethbridge, Alberta. Is Yessa Pugliarby talking at all? I've, I've not heard Yessa... It's funny, that exact thought crossed my mind. His not, agent uh, is the issue. His agent's the one that's been doing Marcus Slato, who, by the way, has a lot of players. Um, he's one of like, I, I don't think, Pul- has Paul Yarby said blank since all of this has gone on? I don't think so. Uh, Texas at 630-630. Here we go. Hey, Bob, in reference to my call earlier in the show, what Ken Holland has done is given the Edmonton Oilers flexibility, more specifically flexibility next year. If this crop of UFAs doesn't work out uh, next year, they'll be gone. With Peter, we made questionable signings and then were forced to suck up those signings for uh, years from former D-man Mark. Well, there you have it. That's his perspective on there. 
Bob, please let the oil management do their job. First time since Sather left, I feel uh, content and confident with their decisions. The fans can blank and relax, bunch of goofballs. Is he saying I need to let the Oilers management relax or the fans need to let the Oilers management? Like we're hosting a show called Oilers Now, which engages the fans. And you know what? They're not all going to have the same opinions. I think 98% of the fans realized that Ken Holland came into a situation where he was a little bit hamstrung. We had fans that didn't think the Oilers should buy out Andre Sekra. We had other fans that did. That's okay. We don't all have to agree. Some of you are on the right side of the political ledger. Others of you are on the left. And about 80% of you claim you're in the middle. These days, it's difficult to see who's actually more of a hard-ass when it comes to politics, the left or the right. Seems if you don't agree with them, neither side is particularly friendly. You can text us at 630, 630. Uh, Vikes fan says, Bob, the 95 draft was moved uh, because it was supposed to be in Winnipeg and it got moved last minute to Edmonton. Is that right? There we go. Bob, Steve Kelly also won a Stanley Cup of New Jersey from Kevin. There we go. Uh, Bob, do you think he's just sitting there watching all this stuff, his agent is saying and not saying and agreeing with it, though? I'll, I'll tell you, the whole situation with Paul Yarvey, it's interesting. Really interesting. You want to know why it's interesting? Because where would he have the best chance right now to step in and potentially claim a spot in the top nine? On the right side. Which organization is dying for a, a top nine guy at his price point? Which organization could use a guy like that? Edmonton. I mean, he's played over 100 games in the NHL now, so he's no longer a prospect. Some might say he's now a suspect. But where would the opportunity be better than a place where you got Connor McDavid on uh, options at center, two, three center spots with either Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle, and Ryan nugent Hopkins. Like, some would say that's the best place for him. And the general manager doesn't want to give him away. The Oilers invested a fourth overall pick on him. There's a new GM and a new head coach under new management. And the player, the agent at least, has stated that it's not an option to return. So this tells you it's not an issue with the coach and the player. Huh. Interesting. You can text us at 630-630. Bob, what are the worst contracts on the Oilers, and why aren't they being dealt with? Lucic, Russell Moore. Uh, Russell, furthermore, <laughs> trade some of these D, and we can get a Jones and Bouchard, etc. Instead, trade Poliarvi plus a sweetener for a top six. I don't think it's that easy. I don't think right now, yes, Apoliarvi's got a lot of uh, value out in the trade market. I think that's a fair I mean, come on. He scored nine goals in the first 21 games of the 17-18 season that he played because he came up after the first month. Nine goals in his first 21 games. So over the last 100 games, he's got seven goals. And hasn't necessarily shown a willingness to engage. 
And I'm not going to solely blame Jesse. You know, I use the 75-25 rule. I might even go 65-35 or 60-40. The organization has to accept some responsibility there. But there's something. You get a new GM and a new head coach come in. Like, here's an example. And I love this one because it rankles all the people that thought Ryan Smith walked on water. Ryan Smith left in a trade. At the 2007 trade deadline, when the agency had accepted the Oilers' offer not once but twice. Okay? And then it broke apart, and he got traded. Okay? The Oilers did an RFA offer sheet on Dustin Penner. Over the next three and a half years, despite the fact that Craig McTavish was not the biggest Dustin Penner fan, over the next three and a half years... During the time in which Dustin Penner was an Edmonton Oiler, he outscored Ryan Smith. He had more goals scored at $4.25 million when Smith was making $6.25 million. People forget that. So through the first four, I'll simplify, through the first four years of the deal, Smith was outscored by Penner. And Penner scored virtually all of his goals as an Oiler. Right? People sometimes forget these sort of things when evaluating and recognizing and looking back. And the Oilers were able to turn Dustin Penner into something pretty decent because they got off Oscar Clefbaum. Yes, they gave up a first, a second, a third, but they got back a first, which turned out to be Oscar Clefbaum. And the coaching change made a huge difference. Penner was not going well under Craig McTavish. Pat Quinn came in and he scored over 30 goals. And that allowed a window to open up the next season after Quinn was not retained. First year of Tom Rennie, where the Oilers ultimately traded him, and he ended up getting a first-round pick back that turned out to be Oscar Clefbaum. So sometimes coaching changes can impact things. Do you want to mention, too, that uh, tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, what does he have? Oh, Brendan Escott. It is the Eskimos Coaches so, coaches Show. Excuse me. So Jason Moss will be on, as well as Team Brick uh, Alberta coach Umberto Filario. For, that's for uh, Ferrillo, Umberto Ferrillo. His father wow. Tony was a uh, an interesting uh, fellow that worked at another place with me a number of years ago. And Umberto did some work on the Alberta Golden Bears coaching staff several years ago as well. Uh, tomorrow it is Stoffer Inspector for the horses horse racing Alberta, who remind you that the new Century Mile Racetrack and Casino is now open in Nisky with live racing every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Up next, the news, weather, and traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan, followed by the 6:30 Chat Afternoon News with guest hosts Brad Whisker and Morgan Black, Brendan Escott, Dayton Abbott. Bob Stoffer saying so long from Oilers Now. Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.